Hello and welcome to another episode of Musings on 39. Today I'm joined by my regular hosts, Cameron Tubbs. An interesting couple of weeks of Prem football. I thought let's kick it off with with some lovely eye-blessing football that we've seen. So, yeah, what are your guys' initial thoughts or your first thoughts? What do you What are you talking about? What What do you mean by eye-blessing football? Please elaborate there. Well, I mean, if you watched the West Ham Leicester game last night, I'm pretty sure everyone who had Antonio in their team is absolutely ecstatic. What because, by team you mean the FPL? Yeah, yeah, the the FPL because. Straight after that game, I phoned Keanu and I was like, bro, I wish I had Antonio in my team. I genuinely wish I had Antonio in my team. Dude, I wish I had Ben Rama in my team. Why did I... Why ben did Rama I scored Suchet? one, Antonio scored two, and he kissed a cardboard cutout of himself. Ben Rama also got assist, bro. Exactly, he got a goal. So and did Sufal. Yeah, but we're not talking about Sufal, bro. Well, I have to follow my, you know, fantasy, so... I'll give you an F right there, that's an L. I don't know how you (laughs) decided on him, but well done, bro, well done. Well, he's better than the United centre-backs, so that's good. (laughs) At least you're not uh, scored Tubbs' fantasy league, and his bench scored basically more than his team, so... (laughs) Tubbs, who was on your bench, bro? Who was on your bench? It was Mings, Martinez, Basuma, and Keanu. Who who was the last one? Oh, Michael Keane. Peru Basuma's a regular starter, Machana. He's a regular starter, but like in, in the opening game, in, in the opening game, he like only scored two points. And I was like, okay, it's Southampton United. I'm going to put Sancho in the squad. He's a Liverpool protege. I'm telling you right now, you'll see Basuma at Liverpool in two seasons. Oh my word! <laughs> yeah, um, I'll I'll let I'll let Keanu be. You know, thank you, Keanu, for being the voice of wisdom here. I'm telling you, when Henderson and Milner leave, we'll get Basuma. It feels like Cameron's really had a couple of Premier League cupcakes because Liverpool's all all over his mind. What do you mean we're all over my mind? Well, really? everyone's coming to us. Everything's happening. We're going to win everything. <laughs> Are you talking about Mbappe? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling Ooh. you. See, everyone listening to this podcast right now, mark my words, Mbappe is coming to Liverpool. That's a bold statement, bro. <laughs> and, uh, okay, so, this is this is proof that... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save this clip. And uh, what are we going to do uh, for Cameron, you know? What's gonna be what's gonna be the wager? We ha- we have to have a time frame. Oh, are we having a the... bet? Are we having yeah, a bet ha- now? Let's let's have a bet on this. Will uh, Mbappe be at Liverpool at the end of the summer or by next summer? I rate no. He's going to Madrid. You see, it has to come from a United supporter, you know. Where's Just because you guys have Sancho and whatnot, you think you're good, Varane. Bro. Bro, that that that's 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 not be me being a United supporter. It's logic. So tell me, Tubbs, um, you follow Fabrizio. You can't deny that he has mentioned in the past. I'm not saying this week, but in the past, he has said 
that the two teams interested in Mbappe is Real Madrid, of course, and also an unnamed English Premier League team. Yeah, that's correct. In your right mind, can Manchester United afford him? No. Yes, we can. Okay. Okay. As it stands out, I think they would overspend if they bought, because then Sancho, obviously... But you'd probably breach FFP, though, Tubbs, because you just spent 75 mil on Sancho. But your question was, can United afford... Okay, so United can afford him, but the chances of him going to United are... But I've told you in the past before, I'm not really that interested in having Mbappe at United. No, I know, but I'm just saying that, like... As a United supporter, what are the chances of you getting Mbappe? There's no chance. Okay, there we go. How about I'll, quick, go. I'll, right? I'll quicken up this process because it's taking very long. Man City can afford him. They've already spent $100 million. So if they were to buy him, it's $200 plus million. Man United has spent over $100 million, probably as it stands today. Probably they can afford him, but like 160. It's not the best business deal. Who's next? Chelsea just bought Lukaku for what 90, 89 million. Not happening. It was 115 mil, dude. Okay, well, that's Euro, with though. add-ons that's and Euro. and whatever. But anyway, Spurs aren't paying that money. Well, there's really a not not a lot of Premier League but teams Tubbs, that would be If able. you go and look back at tweets and whatnot from your boy Fabrizio and whatnot, we've seen that. Mbappe did meet with um, Henry, the owner of Liverpool. Mbappe supported Liverpool as a child. Debatable. Mbappe is sponsored by Nike. Liverpool is sponsored by Nike. If you are Mbappe and looking at the way Klopp manages and plays the game, why wouldn't you want to move to Liverpool though? I I personally think this is my opinion and then we'll get some, some Premier League chat in here. My opinion is I don't think Mbappe moves anywhere this summer. I think that the, the opportunity to play with Messi, Oof. I think, for any human is probably hard to pass by. Th- but that's provided you make the starting lineup, though, bro. No, he will. He will. I think he is... They're desperate to keep him in the team, so they will keep him happy. I think... So he will always be starting yes, whenever... He will, he will be playing games. I think... PSG are running a problem where you're either going to lose him for free in a similar situation with Messi, just what just happened, or they need to they need to cash in now. So I think he's going to stick it out, and I can see him going for free. Okay, Keanu, but then, but then hit me up here. Uh, what is the most likely team to sign Mbappe? Probably, probably Madrid. However. If someone in the Prem is to sign him, I do think we are favourites. So I would say we're the dark horse, but a very dangerous horse. Okay, that's fine. But we still... Okay, cool. Uh, by the way, Keanu, we haven't uh, established what is the wager on for Cameron if he do, if Mbappe doesn't sign for Liverpool. I'll shave my beard. Oh, no, that's Yes. Shave your head how about, how, and your nah, beard just, and just, post it on our Insta. Nah, not the cup. But. Nah, head is a bit <laughs> far. Let's let's go for an underarm wax. A wax? A underarm wax, yeah. Nah, but I'll shave my Leg beard. wax, leg wax. Nah, 
Leave, leave the legs. Let's do underarm, bro, because it's not visible. It's going to hurt, but then it's over. It's like a man talking from experience. I have waxed it before. Yeah. Not, no, not, not because I wanted to, but there was a similar situation to what we now. Tubbs, have you waxed your underarms before? No, I haven't got my underarms waxed. It's painful, bro. Well, I found the underarm. That's why I say, just clip the beard, Chana. Anyway, anyway, we'll we'll think of something to 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 hit Cameron with, but yeah, hold on. Let me. I want to ask you guys. I'll start off the structure of this actual episode. Who or what team has impressed you guys the most in in the past two weeks? Um, any highlights that you guys want to point out, and we'll quickly go through that, and then we'll probably go to the the most controversial, entertaining topic. I think. Keanu, your first question was who has impressed me the most? Yeah, like team-wise. Um, it can big, let's say big six club and uh, probably one of the... Well, first things first, I think Arsenal need to get out of their head that they are no longer a top six club. Same with Tottenham. Um, and I'd like to say the team that's impressed me the most is West Ham. Um, I think they have a nice balance. I mean... If you look at their midfield, you have Rice, you have Suchich, um going more forward. You have, I mean, they also have Fornells. Then they also have Ben Rama, Antonio, Bowen. You know, they have a good core. I didn't expect them to score four against Leicester either. So I'd have to go with West Ham as being the team that's impressed me the most. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Aston Villa thus far. They've made they've managed to you know. They managed to maintain the momentum that they've had at the during the past season, and I've just enjoyed being able to see um, what inclusion that uh, Danny Ings has brought to the team, a a solid uh, striker that they really that they really needed. I'm also excited to see prospects such as Leon Bailey see what he's capable of doing in the Premier League, but uh, you know you can't deny that they are really missing Grealish. That's quite a strange choice, especially after they lost to promoted Watford. Um, but fair enough, I think Ings has been a shining light in that team. Uh, to answer my own question now, I would probably, I think from the last year's top four, I think Chelsea looked dangerous. Um, impressed with Liverpool just doing a job and just cool, done, nothing really too complicated unlike other teams and then the team that's probably impressed me the most funnily enough is between Tottenham and Brighton because Tottenham might not have played the most attractive football but they've both they've got a job done they've got two clean sheets under their belts and Brighton came back against Burnley from being one all down and then beat them, and then this week they comprehensively beat Watford, hardly broke a sweat. So I think I was quite impressed with them, because I thought they would struggle this season. So yeah, those are my my two teams of that's impressed me. Some solid answers there. I'd say the past two game weeks have been quite rather interesting, if you ask me. Um, it was good to see Chelsea come back as dominating as ever. I kind of feel bad though now seeing that Timo Werner has now, you know, it, it, it's it's sad to see, but uh, 
you know, Romelu Lukaku came back, has come back after, te- I think it's 10 years away from Chelsea, and he finally gets his goal. Um, you you love to see uh, Big Rom finally, you know, going back to his boyhood team, but uh, I kind of feel bad about Timo Werner at this moment. Uh, look, again, I've always been a Lukaku fan. I felt, I even felt personally displeased with the United fans uh, ignoring his quality and having things to say about him. And he's just proven everyone wrong once again. So, you know what, for his personal achievements, I wish him the best. Chaps, I think there's an elephant in the room. And um, it's the team we've left out, luckily, in this chat. Arsenal. What on earth is going on there, bros? Like, what's cracking? Are you guys Arteta out? No. Are you saying it for the bands or are you saying it because you, you really believe? No, I'm being honest because, I mean, let's go back about eight odd years. Um, what are we now? 2021? So 2013 or so. Um, at that point in time, correct me if I'm wrong, chaps. At Arsenal, you had Ozil in his prime, Ramsey, Wilshire. You were on the brink of signing a Bamiyang. No, I think you've gone, you've gone a little bit too far back, bro. No, 2013, they were still playing in Champions League. But I don't think they were signing a Bamiyang and, and co. But they had Sanchez, they had Ozil, they had Ramsey, they had Wilshire, they had Kazola, they had Bellerin. No, but under Wenger's leadership, I also think that they missed something along the way. And you know the saying, too much of a good thing becomes a bad thing. And I think that's what happened with Arsene. And, you know... Credit to the man. You know, he managed a team through thick and thin. And for 20 years straight, he got Arsenal into the Champions League on a minimal budget and whatnot. Moving stadiums and all. But I think maybe he held on the reins for two years too long. Could you have imagined a... Let's just use Arteta for all time's sake. Imagine if Arteta came two years before Wenger stepped down. And he would have taken a young team and they could have grown together. Where now, they're taking a mature team and trying to mix and change them a bit to suit a certain ethos and to suit a certain game plan. It just doesn't seem to be working at the moment. And I I feel bad for Arteta because I don't think there's much more he can do or any other manager could do. Because what would Conte do different? What would Zidane do different? What would Eddie Howe do different? What would, you know, Brendan Rodgers, I see, is now linked. What would he do different? But I think the problems that Arsenal have go way beyond the manager. I think they go all the way up to the board. I Let's, let's start on the weekend or the first match week against Brentford. I, I really couldn't believe... Flop, Ben White, flop. Ben White, fine, I'm not going to... Look, he's played one game, so let me not slate him as yet. He's a, he's a solid player. He was a solid player at at Brighton. But the the big issue now is that the price tag, it's the British tax that has now, you know, it has put a little... It besmirched his name in a sense, if you understand what I mean. How much would you pay for Ben White, Tubbs? 30. 30 Pound or one. euro? 
30, 30 million great British pounds. That's a fair price for, for Ben White. I feel that Ben White is still a work in progress. He is not the finished article. He can be one of the best centre-backs in England. However, the price tag he was transferred for was just... It, it was ridiculous. I mean, now it, it now goes... It boils back then to like how United paid 80 million for Maguire. Maguire is... Um, he was a, um, you know, established centre-back for Leicester, regular starter, and he was, I think he was 26, 27 of, years of age. So he has some experience behind him. Meanwhile, Ben White was just a name that people starting to notice last season. And I feel that, you know, the, the blame has to be put on him on that second goal that Brentford scored on the weekend. He had, to, he had to be better there. He had to watch his man. I was watching that goal back a couple of times and I just saw him just, just stand there. That, that can't be done. You know, a long throw comes in, you have to be always alert of, of the situation around you. It's really unforgivable, but, uh, you know, I, I hope, I, I wish him well at uh, Arsenal, but it's kind of now soured. I'm going to... This is okay. So match week one, they lose to Brentford. His poor performance. Smith Rowe, Smith Rowe had one of his best performances at well Personal. for the season so far. He's had one of his best. Yeah, out of all the players on that field, if I had to sign one player out of them all, it would have been Smith Rowe. And he nearly left to West Ham. Not West Ham. As oh yeah, Miller. they were wanting oh, yeah, to get him on loan. Then we moved to match week two which it's difficult opposition and you know what they got they got slapped around um obviously watching the game they had some decent attacks going forward i mean they did look at at times they did look threatening but there was too much backpedaling they managed to get the ball towards the final third but then they just unsure what to do it's back bad pass, there's no folk dude this pass. is this is where it's coming down to and this is where we will get to as soon as we continue the chat. But like, I think they got battered. They got slapped around like school children playing against men. Um, tactically, they were found out. They were getting destroyed by Reese James and uh, Alonso. Tierney was not his fault, but he was getting. He was just. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know yet if he had to defend, if he had to go forward, if he had to stick. Uh, and then the question comes, the biggest question I had or that comes to mind with Arsenal is, can any other manager do anything more? Because, like, I felt personally that the tactics was very poor from Arteta on like, in the Chelsea game. And then I'm wondering to myself, but to be honest, in his defence, the team, like... Bro, if I had to look at this Arsenal team, I'm quite shocked to see the quality they possess. It's it's disappointing even, and understand why Arsenal fans are fed up and they can't do anything because they're spending big bucks. And my word, so I I tell you, man had Aubameyang on the bench. Yeah, but apparently he's recovering. From man can't COVID be doing that. Whatever, he's whatever is wrong with him now. 
Um, they are so far behind. I mean, they it's a, it's a, it's a young team. It's a young squad. Um, you know, they've they've had some problems lately with uh, players such as Lacazette not not performing well. And Aubameyang as well, not performing well. They have Hector Bellerin, he who's also leave, still, you know, unsettled. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of people point, are, st- are pointing fingers at at, um, at uh, Arteta. Why are they all looking at Arteta and hoping that, you know, oh, he, he's the issue? I mean, we saw, it last se- we saw it last season with all the protests because of the Super League. We have to look. We, st- we all have to still carry on looking up, looking up. People, people. When uh, Arteta got sa- when Arteta signed up for uh, Arsenal, they're all saying, "Oh, he's a much better coach than than Solskjaer." Now, why is Solskjaer still being why Solskjaer still being slated? When uh, you know he's been getting Champions League concurrently recently while Arsenal keep getting 8th place in the last two seasons. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. So you're thinking it's the players and not it's not Arteta. He can't do anything more than he's doing. Is that is that your answer? I think they're a very talented team. Arteta's doing what he can with them. But there's a lot of behind-the-scenes issues that no one knows what to do, how to solve it. I think there's a lot of dissatisfaction in some players, players like William, who's 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 close to the door, Bellerin, and we still don't know what's going on going on with Aubameyang. We still don't know what's going on with Lacazette. I mean, it is what it is, though. Um, typical Arsenal being Arsenal. You let go of your talisman in the likes of Özil. You know, I know his end to Arsenal wasn't positive. But I mean, still, you had him on what three hundred and ten k a week to do nothing. You know, you know what's a very interesting thing. I saw someone give an opinion. I cannot remember now. But the problem Arsenal also are facing is that the players they have that they want to sell, the likes of Bellerin at the time, Xhaka, uh, William, the way they treat them before selling them and what Cameron said now about Ozil, you can't freeze out players, not let them play, not do anything because all you're doing is depreciating the value. Because now if you look at like someone like William He's going on a free to Corinthians from what I've what I've heard from Romano. He's been poor, let's be fair, but he's been treated horrendously by fans. He's been getting I promise you, I don't think I've heard anyone more hated than William. And I think he's actually not a bad football. He's probably just not thriving. Pogba's hate. I rate Pogba's more hated than uh, William. Dude, it's it's like... It, it will come to my following question. I want to hear Cameron's thoughts quickly on the situation or more in-depth look. Um, but it's just, it's just they're not getting... If they want to get some funds from players that they don't want at the club, there's no point freezing them out, making them sit on the sidelines, paying their wages, and all you're doing is making them look like shit, and then you have to sell them, which is probably, like, it's not a very smart business move from them, because the likes of Bellerin, what's he doing, sitting on the bench or sitting in the stands, not playing because they don't want him in the team. Arsenal fans hate him or slate him, so... I think that's a dumb move, firstly. And then, I, I don't know, I, I personally think, 
I, I, I'm, I was in a position where I thought, you know what, the players are not good enough. Fine, I understand Arteta. But after re-evaluating the Saturday game, I think Arteta's tactics were piss poor. You mean the Sunday game? Sunday, apologies. Sunday game against Chelsea, I think he missed it, and it was poor. It was poor, poor, poor. Chelsea could have won 6-0, easy. But let me hear Cameron thoughts, what you think is going wrong, and if you think it's the players or Arteta. I think the current issue with Arsenal didn't start now. I think it's a like-for-like situation with United and Ferguson. Arson, I love him to bits. I don't think any other manager in the modern day era with the squad that he had could finish top four consecutively for 20 seasons in a row. But I think maybe Arson held on for too long. And what happened was is that you had this group of prospective Arsenal players get older and older with Arson, And they brought in Emery. And what happened was is that Emery had to redo the whole squad because half the people who were there left because they were old and whatnot. Then when the plan with Emery didn't work out, then the same thing happened to Arteta. Old players left. Ramsey went to Juventus on free and whatnot. And um, Arteta had to literally build from the bottom up. So I do think part of it has to deal with transfer business and whatnot. But at the same time, what's attracting big players to your club? Nowadays, it's all about European football. We've just seen Danny Ings in the past season go from Southampton to Villa. The only reason he did that is because he thinks Villa, number one, are going to finish higher than Southampton. And number two, the chances of Villa getting into European spots are a lot higher than Southampton. Um, so I do think that it is a transfer business issue. We know that the Cronkies are stubborn and that they'll never admit that they are wrong. So, yeah, I think that's half of Arsenal's problem. Look, having nine injuries doesn't help at all. Um, But yeah, at the end of the day, Chelsea were above and beyond them. And I think that it's a long, long road back to to the previous honours of Arsenal Football Club, even with Arteta at the helm. I think it's going to take a long time to grow that identity again. I think it's going to take a long time to put trust in a manager, whether it's Arteta or somebody else, to grow the club again. Um, so yeah, if I am an Arsenal fan, I'm not expecting anything in the next six years. So Arteta to rebuild the situation or? I think so, Tubbs. I think so. I think he does want to. But I think at the same time, he also himself needs to acknowledge that I don't agree with his tactics. I don't agree with him playing people out of position. But at the same time, when you lose Thomas Party in a preseason game and now Ben White to COVID, you know, what more can you do? Um, Wait, on- did man really have COVID because he knew he was going to face Lukaku? <laughs> Look, I wouldn't want to play against Lukaku myself, but at the same time, you know, that's part and parcel um, of being a Premier League footballer. Um, You know, if we look at the Arsenal team on paper, if we look at, in my opinion, the best Arsenal team, if we play a 4-2-3-1, which they normally play, if you play four at the back, you're going to have Leno in goal. Right back, I'd put Bellerin. 
The two centre-backs would be Gabriel and White. Left-back Tierney. Then you'll you'll probably have Thomas Partey in the midfield. Um, Chaka. Alongside Chaka. Then your three are probably going to be, in my opinion, are probably going to be Saka, Pepe and Smith-Rowe. And potentially you'll play a Bamayang or Martinelli up front. I think Lacazette hasn't proven enough in preseason and last season to have a starting position. But then again, maybe you'll replace him with Smith-Rowe. But I think you got to give the young guns a chance as well. But when you have nine injuries, what more can you do? You know, last season, nobody chose to give Liverpool um, a break when we had our best players out. Everyone said, well, that's part of being in the Premier League. So, you know, why should we give mercy towards Tottenham now that they have nine players out? Arsenal, you mean. Oh, sorry, Arsenal. Um, yeah, that's a completely different story. Apologies. <laughs> So, at the end of the day, Tubbs and Keanu, I think that Tottenham need to do what United did, and you need to acknowledge it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a long time. Acknowledge Tottenham, dude. You Bro, said Tottenham. Sorry, Tottenham, but Tottenham also needs to. <laughs> is there but, something you wanna? Is there something you wanna say about Tottenham? Sorry, I'm getting been... my my London clubs mixed up. Arsenal need to acknowledge that it's going to take a long time, the same way it took United. United brought in Moyes, then United brought in Van Gaal, then they brought in Mourinho. It didn't work, as Gary Neville said last night. It didn't work. So they went with Oli, which they've been with since 2018, I think, Tubbs. Um, so they need to trust it. The same, sorry for, for putting it in, the same goes for Tottenham. Oh. Same goes for Tottenham. Um, Tottenham have the same issues, um, but I that's a different a conversation. Boat, but Arsenal... I think they're in a way better boat. Uh, if they if they look, keep Kane, um, don't want to touch too much yo, on them. Don't want to touch too much on them. But but if they keep Kane, they they are in a better situation they're than Arsenal. But I think Arsenal, in terms of their youth, have a lot more to give than what Tottenham do. But um, Arsenal, I think. It sucks, and Tubbs, you you are a United supporter. You can advocate for for Arsenal fans. It wasn't easy during the Moyes Van Gaal period. You know, it wasn't easy. It, Even, was, it was entertaining during Van Gaal. Oh yeah, like when he lay on the ground against Arsenal. Correct me well, if I'm wrong. Not just that. And that was a uh, foul or whatnot. But um, it wasn't easy. Even under Mourinho, when you as a fan are hearing your manager say that the one of the greatest achievements of his life is finishing second. Like, like that's a hard pull to swallow, you know. Um, so, long story short, it's going to be a long road back to glory for, for Arsenal, if they ever reach that again. Do you think it is fair? We don't know what, what the result is yet against Man City. But they really did get the short end of the stick to start off the season because you would ass- I disagree no, with bro, you I think I think you assume they'll get three points again promoted three against Redford. yeah Chelsea yeah, okay well if Big Rom didn't sign it, luck of the draw I think no but also luck of the draw I think if we look at history and Tubbs I know you like your history but if we look at 
Arsenal versus Chelsea. Arsenal will be horrific during the season, but come playing Chelsea, they'll be a completely different team. Look at last season. Chaka was being outcasted by Arsenal fans. He comes and he plays against Chelsea and he scores a bang of a free kick from outside the box. Do you know what I'm saying? Arsenal will be absolutely hoarse for majority of the season. But come Chelsea, they'll pitch up. So I, I think that some fans would have, you know, been hoping for an improved performance against Chelsea. Which uh, I do, see. however, think that um, it's a different Chelsea animal we're seeing now. So I can't... Yes, and no, no. I think I think yes, so. And I really no. think it's 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 a Champions League winning team. They've gone and strengthened against it. the blind. No, I'm not saying. Look, I'm saying you can't really expect. I I expected nothing from Arsenal. No, of course, but but if you're gonna come and say that, but if you're gonna come and say that Chelsea, sorry, that Chelsea are a threat, um, Tubbs, please don't tease me for this but I think United are a bigger threat than Chelsea genuinely nah. nah elaborate though I think that Chelsea they brought in Big Rom I think he is going to score a couple of goals but I don't think that he's the final piece to their puzzle um, I still think that Chelsea will struggle if you press them a lot if you put pressure on that midfield I think anyone can get through you know they haven't got a solidified defense they chop and change by week uh, I think Rudiger is an absolute talent um, Reese James is good but I still think that there are gaps where teams can capitalize um, when I look at United I see a hungry young team that's why I'd say that I think that they are a bigger threat you have the likes of Sancho who came agonizingly close to euro glory um you have rashford coming back from injury soon you have greenwood in probably the form of his life you have cavani waiting he's there. still very young for you to be saying form of his life there's still a lot more to come from him i agree but what i'm saying is that have you seen greenwood play better than what he's playing now no well he's man's only 19 no, yes, but I'm saying at the current minute, we haven't seen him play better than what he's playing now. Um, Bruno, this is a big season for him. You know, you don't just start off the first game of the season against Leeds with a hat-trick for fun. The same goes for Pogba, probably the last season that he plays for United, depending on contract negotiations. Shaw is arguably in the form of his life, post-Euros and whatnot. You just signed Ferran. Um, you have Maguire, a.k.a. Slabhead, um, at the back. You have, you know, Juan Basaka. And then it's whether you choose De Gea or Henderson, um, which has, you know, a little bit of a gamble for Solskjaer. Oh, but I think you guys want it more. I genuinely think you guys want it more. Well, we do. Well, we are aiming to uh, win a trophy this season, uh, in my opinion. With all due respect, I don't think it's going to be Champions League. I'm not saying it's going to be Champions but, League. But, but I, I just... do think you guys are going to cause a domestic threat. Genuine. I really, really do. Because I think Sancho adds a different dynamic. And I think if you guys are clever, 
you guys would also throw yourselves into the Kane game. I agree with that. My opinion, I think it's the same problem. This is this is how I, I spoke to Tubbs in, uh, I think after, I think Saturday after United drew against Southampton, and I told him I can't understand how United go and thrash Leeds, entertaining football. Then they go play Southampton. Cool, they might play, as we discussed, a, a low block, a more defensive way of lining up. You change your, your starting lineup. You put Martial in, who's ice cold. You move Greenwood right. You put Pogba, same position. You take out McTominay, who I think was one of the best players against Leeds. You put in Matic. Then I'm looking at the situation. I even messaged him when the teams came out. I was like, bro, what team is this? I don't understand how you beat someone and then you go make changes. Look, make changes if, if the first half is like you're saying, okay, my, my plan went to shit. Change the team. But to go in and reshape James on the bench. Yeah. Why? I agree. I, I have a question for Tubbs on this topic. And Tubbs, I'm not sure on our um, WhatsApp group if you saw the tweet that Keanu put on today. Yeah, I did. I saw it. Uh, for, for our viewers, um, it was a tweet from Sky Sports about Monday Night Football, a conversation between Jamie Carragher and Phil... No, sorry, Gary Neville. And, uh, Tubbs, do you think that what's preventing United from glory is more a managerial perspective rather than a squad and transfer perspective? we've consistently came in that we've con- consistently ended up in the top four but is top four a successful manchester united it is not the ambition it is not it is not the goal however it is something that we've had to f- before before you can actually aim before you can actually get to um, winning the trophy, you have to build consistency first. It's like with a new recipe in, in a kitchen. It's like when you have a new cake that you want to bake. You can't expect it to be perfect on your first attempt. Yes, I, I understand that though, Tubbs, but, but this is modern day football though. This is modern yes. day football. You don't have time to to perfect the process of baking a cake. You know, if we, if we look at you, you guys on Manchester United Football Club, you guys haven't won the Premier League in what? Nearly... 10 years now look united lost uh sir alex ferguson he retired Agreed. it's 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 inevitable everyone will quit the, will leave their jobs one day he also left uh, you with a dying team it wasn't dying it was just a team that was that was not refreshed in a long time it was a team that worked for sir alex it was a team that he understood and he knew the intricacies do you think that he maybe should have left you with more of a plan to go forward or do you think he was right to kind of you know what this is what's worked for me i'm going to leave it there let david Moyes come in and make what he can from what i've left well the question is was that re- was it his intention to just leave it as that i don't know i'm not a united fan i can't i, can't I also comment can't, on that. i also can't i also can't comment on that because i don't know what the plan is from the hierarchy at united yeah, also considering you guys have you guys had um, Ed Woodward and your transfer business has been far more positive since his departure earlier this year. Well, he's still there. He's just 
taken a uh, taken a step back from his involvement. However, um, you had David Moyes walking into that team. He wanted to bring in players. There are rumors that he wasn't allowed to bring in certain players or certain signings that he wanted. What happened? United ended seventh that season. No Champions League football. They sacked him. They brought in Louis van Gaal. Louis van Gaal had a decent first season. He ended up in the top four, which was the goal. For um, Because, of course, when you bring in a new manager, you want to see what the, what they can do. You want to see what they can bring in. But you know you've heard it from you. You heard some rumors from Moyes' era. You heard you heard it from Van Gaal himself, and you heard it from Mourinho. There were signings that they wanted to make that were blocked off for them. Now we come to Oli. Can I ask a question then? Why would you give Oli what he wants, but you wouldn't give Mourinho, Van Gaal, or Moyes what he wants? I can't answer that because again, I'm not the hierarchy. No, but but based as a supporter, as Gary Neville said, it mm. failed. So they had to restructure. They had to go but, but back question, to the. But but question: If if you gave Mourinho the transfers that he wanted, for example, he asked for centre backs. After he left, Solskjaer gets Maguire. Do you, do you think he would have won the league? He he would have won the league. So then, now as a United fan, how do you feel that you could have won the league, provided your board gave Mourinho the transfers he wanted? It's irrelevant now because that was the past and now I'm here with right. Ali Gunnar Solskjaer as my manager. He's gotten some signings that he's wanted. He's still stuck with players that for some reason we can't sell, which is completely confusing to me. Understood. But he has, start, you know, from the beginning, you have to give someone time. You can't say that, like I, like I, like I said, mentioned earlier, like a cake, you have to perfect that recipe before you can... You know, you have to get to know that cake, all every every intricacy before you can build the perfect cake. All right, and then. that's what's going on at United, foundation by foundation, and we're slowly see and by come ending up in in Champions League, every season has shown that Oli has the capabilities, and now it's just about him being able to put in those final touches and pushing a little bit further. That's my that's my stance on Oli Gunnar also at the moment. He's gotten the he's gotten the backing of the of the board somehow that the other managers were not able to 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 get. All right then, no, I understand that and I respect that. I'd just like I to hear Keanu's perspective quickly. What 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 yeah. do you what what do you want to answer, Keanu? So the first question um, was that should Alex Ferguson or did he know he's going to leave a dying team to the next guy? I think I don't think he did it on purpose. But I think no matter who walked in after him, it was basically Mission Impossible. And I personally think the reason United's board and their owners became complacent with not giving managers what they want is because Sir Alex could get everything out of players than what the new managers could and I think that's the problem with Moyes, Mourinho and Van Gaal. Because if I think of my time watching Man United, Sir Alex would make one to two transfers a season. And it would be marquee signings or even someone's not even marquee. Just an, like the first player that jumps to my mind is Van Persie. World-class striker, Man United doing well. They've got Rooney, they've got, I think Nanny was still there. They're still they're doing brilliantly. They bring in Van Persie, they're elevated to the next level. 
one signing and what they spend a couple of million on. so every time Sir Alex asks can I have players they're like okay cool here's a couple of million he buys one two players not of big money and he gets a job done where Mourinho and Van Gaal and Moyes wanted money to sign big names and they said no sign one player fix the team and then they try their little Fellaini's and their Martial's and whatever and here we are today so that's where I think it's gone wrong but yeah let me not but but here but here to bring it back to the core of the conversation which originally I know I mentioned Tottenham briefly I do apologize but Arsenal what is the difference between Arteta and Solskjaer. Surely Arteta deserves time with this team to grow and see what he wants, what he doesn't want. To then grow and move forward. Because Solskjaer went through the same dips. Arguably, Solskjaer had a higher of a rise, um, especially after his interim period. But if you're going to give a manager like Solskjaer chance after chance surely you have to give Arteta chance after chance well one thing I can just give you right there Ozil completely left out but that but that wasn't but that wasn't Arteta that was the board exactly and you see, and, and you see that that, that that is the issue as well behind Arsenal it's the board would you say would you say if you were an Arsenal supporter tubs would you say Kroenke's out well they've been saying it they've been saying it for so long but now the whole, now all the blame is shifted towards, back towards Arteta. You know, they ha- like like when United were constantly, uh, like when the fans were constantly protesting, getting when they got onto the pitch and managed to stop that Liverpool match. The I feel that the United board had to had to admit to their faults, where I feel that the Arsenal board have not gotten to that point. Do you also think that? Arsenal supporters are also to blame to a certain degree. Yes, they are because they had a manager who was getting them consistently into top into top four in Arsenal. You're talking Wenger. about Wenger, okay, cool. I'm talking about Wenger, um, and you know, he wa- he wasn't he didn't leave his job on his own on his own will that he was forced out basically. Uh, Emery, they they finally got in Emery, someone new, someone that they thought would you know, do something different and he didn't because he basically had the Moyers problem. He had a team that was, you know, a- an age team that he had to rebuild. What happened? Arsenal supporters unhappy, sacked. Freddie Lumber came in as an interim. He was stuck with the same aging team that had a few tweaks to it. Now Arteta's there. You know, they they're in the they're in the middle of that process, and they it's either they you know continue losing managers or they have to be patient with one. But person do you agree? But do you agree with my previous statement that Arsenal fans need to buckle up for a ride and be patient for absolutely, absolutely. the next six I mean, years? Like, like you said, ten years for United. Yeah. For Arsenal, it's going to be longer. I I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to speak badly of Arsene Wenger. He's a true legend, but you know. Arsenal really need to. Arsenal supporters really have to get ready because this is this is this ride is not over yet. They can get in Conte. They can get in um, Eddie Howe. I mean, they, yeah, they if, yeah. if 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 Pep's contract runs out and they for some some somehow 
they managed to land Pep at Arsenal. It's going to. It, there's a much bigger job. There's a much bigger job that has to be done at that team. Agreed. Do you think, as a football fan, are Arsenal in danger of relegation this season? I don't think they're in danger of relegation. I think they'll. I think they'll end in the in the second in the second half of the table. I think they'll. So the top half lower, of the table. No, no, no. The bottom half. I think they'll okay, have their. Cool. Lo- uh, no, I, oh, I literally think they'll have their worst run. Tubbs, you're gonna make troops angry, bro. It's it. I don't want to make anyone angry, but it's just my observations. As a fan, I can I, I'm seeing frailties in that defense, and I'm seeing indes, indecisive uh, attacking um, indecisiveness in in the attack. I agree with you. I agree with you, Keanu, Where do you think Arsenal finishes? They'll end twelfth. What a question. Okay, Tub says twelfth. Where do you think? I think if they bottom off over the table, Arteta's so you're right. Gone. If they lose to City, because Arteta's gone. No, no, I won't say City. I say three games after Man City, if they've not at least scored one, least they haven't even scored a single points. goal. Fred has scored more goals than Arsenal. That is embarrassing. If they have not scored, if they are not on seven points after. Three games after the Man City match, Arteta's gone. Because you cannot... You, it's, I'm sorry, bro. It's Arsenal. We True, they've fallen off. They're probably not as big as a club as they were. They're going mm. through a transition period. Fine. But it's Arsenal. They cannot, they cannot be relegation zone after five games. I'm sorry. He's gone. He's, I don't care. I... I I, I just want to interrupt you for one second. You know, they go Champions League Veron, it's going to be um, relegation, Ben White. <laughs> but but seriously, chaps, though, like, I, I, think, <laughs> I think here's, um, not to go on a tangent, but to ask an interesting question for our viewers, is that in modern football, we seem to come across time and time again, like you said, Tubbs, after Sir Alex left, it was never the player's fault. It was Moyes. Then it was Van Gaal. Then it was Mourinho. Since Wenger's left, it was Emery. Then it was Lundberg. Then it was Arteta now. Do you perhaps think that managers are getting more of the flack than what the players should be getting? Because at the end of the day, the manager can put out a decent team but the players just don't come to the party. I watched that Brentford game. And Arsenal, not the manager, the players, got bullied. They got messed around. Heck, there's even an Arsenal fan that put out a TikTok that people should start an anti-bullying campaign for Pablo Mari after he got manhandled by Lukaku. That is not a managerial problem. And that's why Ben White tested positive for COVID. Man knew he had to face against right. Lukaku, so he literally went to go lick some politics. <laughs> All right. Satire. Jokes aside. Satire. No, no, I agree with you. But jokes aside, right? Jokes aside. <laughs> no, wait. I've yes. got a better joke. That same God Cameron speaking about the guy says, Arsenal has, uh, have as much as I- identity as John Cena. You can't see me. <laughs> okay, the, the, the bloke was that understandably unhappy, right? But what I'm saying is that we keep always seeing in the 
in the news or football news, next manager to be sacked, most likely Arteta and whatnot. But has he genuinely done anything to deserve to be sacked when the players on the pitch... No, yes. but Keanu, listen to me. When the players on the pitch are not producing. Because what they're going to do, they're going to sack Arteta, who they're going to bring in. They'll force Conte uh, and then he'll be exposed. You think Conte is going to join Arsenal? He didn't even yeah, want to he take his, his top. He has his allegiances to Chelsea after winning them the league, so now. So what I'm trying to say is that, like, Aubameyang, what's stopping him from performing? I know he had COVID and whatnot, but what's stopping him from performing? Oh, even last season, what stopped him from performing? What's stopping Lacazette from performing? Oh, bro, it's it's difficult to score goals when no one's giving you uh, opportunities. You can't do everything How yourself. many times are you going to give a guy an opportunity? Again, I go back to the point. I also think that Arsenal lack leadership. They lack leadership. Boys, I, I, I just currently checked the time and I think... And uh, I, I'd like to just maybe move into one last little... Uh, Understood. Little, Understood. Little, se- yep. little segment here. Let's look at uh, game week, game weekend number three and uh, let's... Uh, Let's give our predictions on it. Oh, crisis, Tubbs. You really want to crucify us? I want to... After this, I have another big question. Okay, That's cool. Big... Uh, Man, Man City, Arsenal. First game of the weekend. 4-0 City. 4-0 <laughs> City as well. Yeah. They, Arsenal's going to get bullied again. They'll go... F- they'll probably go five at the back, but they're going to get exposed once again. The thing is that Arsenal don't have a functioning midfield. That's their biggest issue. Hear me out. If they get thumped, like I'm talking five, I think Arteta's You think gone. he's gone, eh? During international break. Because I think it would be such an embarrassment. Where are they playing? At the Etihad. Playing at the empty head. Oh, the empty head. Oh, Emirates. The empty head. Oh, empty head. All right. I'm just saying if you get pumped by Chelsea... Beaten by Brentford and pumped by City. But, oh but, my gosh! You might as well start But, but you know bad. they might they might have uh, uh, Odegaard starting because um, he's now a player for Arsenal. But they still have Bellerin out. They still have. I mean, maybe Lacazette will be fit. You know, Ben White. I think it's it's ten days, right? It's ten days yeah. now in the UK, but we don't know when. So he might still yeah. be out. Uh, I just don't see how, you know, that defense of holding Mari, Tierney, Suarez, you know, I don't see how they're going to keep out Grealish, um, um, Sterling, Ferran Torres, Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel Jesus. Yeah, you know, the team without a striker is going to actually pump Arsenal. So, yeah, sad times for Arsenal fans. All right, what's the next game? Now, Arsenal in the mud, bro. Um, Liverpool, Chelsea. Liverpool, three-one. <laughs> oh. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be playing. I'm gonna say a, a one, a two-two draw. Not gonna lie, that was also what I'm thinking. But I gotta probably back my team, so I'm gonna go. I think yes, we have <laughs> the big, big problem of Lukaku, but we have Virgil and we have Matip and. We've seen in the past, Matip has not been shy to get physical. I also think that we're going to play a little bit more of a compact midfield. We'll probably see Henderson, Fabinho, maybe Thiago starting. Maybe we'll play 
Firmino or Keita um, and then play Yata Salamane up front. Um, I think Yata doesn't play, bro. Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. So, um, we'll see. It's potentially a top of the Kate top of the table, sorry, clash. And um, I think it's going to be an exciting game for all. I think Liverpool win by that big of a margin because I think if we run at Chelsea, I think that's their frailty. If you put their centre-backs under pressure, if you put their wing-backs under pressure, I think you can get the ball off them and that's when we're in business. I, I think it's going to be a tight game. I think this is a very out-there prediction. I'm saying Liverpool win 2-1 and we score a free kick. So you're saying Trent scores? All right. And then United Wolves. United. Not to United. disrespect any other of the teams on the on the Premier League log, but uh, you know we're just going for the three biggest games of the weekend. I, I say United because I think United need to prove something. They made a big statement on the opening day, five one against Leeds. Um, they didn't live up to expectation in the second game, uh, with a one one draw with Southampton. So I think they have to reannounce themselves. Um, as challengers in the next game against Wolves. If they don't, well, then some people may look at United and be like, oh, well, it's same old, same old. So that's why I'll go for probably also a 3 win. 3, sorry, 1 0. No, 3 1 win for United, sorry. Yeah, I agree there, 3 1. Um, I think last season when we played them at the last game of the se- when we played them on the last game of the season, we won a 2 1 with uh, our B team. With uh, Anthony Langer and Juan Mata scoring the the two go- the only two goals from United, so I do think that we'll be able to we'll be able to win it because we are going to be playing a stronger team. I do think that Jaden Sancho is going to get a start. Mm. I think it's going to be Greenwood and Sancho, and then Martial on the bench, or it could be even Cavani because Cavani can pl- might be match fit. He's done with his quarantine, so let's see what happens there. So my the, the question I was um, so eager to ask for you chaps, I want to hear in your opinion, right? Do you feel like the social media and the Arsenal fan TV and troopses thing is toxic towards Arsenal? Because I'm seeing like, look, I'm I'm I laugh at all the videos. It's entertaining. It's probably part of fan. Or the fan community to make like reactions and speak about and your team. I understand your question, and can I answer that quickly? I don't. I'm sorry for interrupting you, man, but uh, I think that it's not entire. I think that it's not entirely toxic. Uh, tox- toxicity. I think it's passion, passionate fans, and you know they just they they're showing they're showing their passion to the world. So. Like, I think it's something that the owners, the players, and even the even Arteta need to take note of because you know what what's going on on that pitch is making those fans unhappy, and you know unhappiness leads to to- toxic behaviors and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I think the Arsenal fans are within their right to be to voice their opinions. Cameron, look, I think. I have a great amount of respect for Robbie, Troops, DT. We don't even just 
single them out. No, but no, no, but they, I, but I they are the main like, ones. I think but they are the, the most main ones. Yeah. Like um, I do think that it's hard for Arsenal fans, though. It's hard seeing your team go from what it was to what it is now. And that's where I brought up the Wenger's thing earlier. You know, maybe if Wenger had have left a season or two before, you know, an, a manager like Emery, potentially maybe even Arteta or whatnot, could have come in and got given a squad that still had potential. It wasn't at the end of its days. But it's, it's, it's definitely hard. It definitely is hard because um, I can think back to times when, as Liverpool fan... We were managed by Doug Leash, Roy Hodgson. Roy Hodgson. Um, and those were dark times. We had to live through that. And we genuinely had to take a good six years and literally be content with mediocrity. One season, maybe we'll finish in Europe. The next season, maybe we won't. But it takes time. But I do think that social media does put... Un- believable amounts of pressure on managers and players but that's part of the world we live in you know i mean football clubs make a living off social media i mean how many followers does arsenal have on instagram like 14 million and if they tell me that they're not making cash off of those 14 million or whatever it is um people who follow them well then they're lying so it's also it's the financial game as well but um i do think that it does put pressure on but I also think that that's a pressure that players and managers have to become accustomed to. Dude, I, I, I think it's difficult, bro, because I personally don't think those fans understand the agenda they're pushing. Because obviously we all know all the various fan TVs and what's it, Mark Goldbridge, if I'm right, Tubbs, the United man. Yeah. Yep. Um, you got Redman TV. You got everyone's got a fan page, but if you have to single one out, that's probably most famous is Arsenal, probably because they say controversial things and they're funny, and you like to watch it. Yeah. But I just like I I as you said, I have mad respect for them. I respect fans and other clubs' opinions, but I honestly feel like the agenda being pushed buy them they don't understand the repercussions they've had you like that's why i feel sorry for wenger again because he was slated for years week in week out and now it's kind of like oh wenger left a dying team he probably did bro but they kind of like kicked him out in the end of the day and dude i just feel like the it's i think it's toxic but as you said it's kind of like you have to deal with it and Mm -hmm. make it make it the best you can but i do think there's pros to it like it is entertaining we love watching it we love their passion we love the entertainment their insights things they say but i don't know i just feel like the arteta out thing is it's probably on like a seven or six scale it's a bit too premature to like 10 or nine like it's drastic now i also think you know taking the whole arsenal situation out of it and whatnot as football fans, I think we're incredibly blessed for the season that is upon us. And I think that for any football fan, that should bring a lot of excitement. I think we have five genuinely extremely competitive competitions. And I think that it's going to be an absolute belter. Um, and also we have the Champions League draw come Thursday. So 
you know, it's always about building on from where you are and keep building up. And I think that we just have to, you know, for our respective teams, for Liverpool and United, just hope that the right decisions are made. And for the likes of Arsenal, that the right decisions are made there too. Sell your bad players and buy Ben Rama. FPL, oh, <laughs> FPL, FPL users will know what I mean. But uh, boys, thanks again, guys, for for joining me, join, uh, having this chat together tonight. It's been really great. Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm I'm looking forward uh, to the rest of the season, and we'll definitely keep everyone up to date about our thoughts. If any of our listeners also have any questions that they want to ask, or if they want to be in some way involved in the next podcast. We'll be dropping a link in our Instagram where you can drop in some questions below or like some statements for us to react to. We'd love to hear from you. And as Cameron said, with the competitive leagues, enjoy it, have a couple of drinks, be with friends, and just enjoy football while it's on TV. But with that chat, I want to thank you again for joining. We're joining one another for another brilliant episode of Musings on 39. Listeners, if you would be so kind to go listen to our previous podcasts and also follow our social medias. Um, Hopefully, this episode might air on YouTube, so you can maybe catch us on there and also catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. With that, peace out from the Musings team. Peace out. Cheerio.